Yo, 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 nothing's normal podcast. It's your host, Spitinks. Back at you with another episode. Before we get this episode started, man, a few shout outs. Uh, shout out to Legally Highest, of course. Shout out to my good brothers over at KCATS, man. Some good, some good friends of mine. Shout out to GBA. But uh, this episode, shout out to this episode. I'm looking forward to this episode. I'm going to be in my MTV bag for my viewers. <laughs> you know, I'm going Carson Daly on them today, TRL. But uh, enough about me. Without further ado, who I got sitting to the left? Hey, what's up? I'm AJ Chiarella. AJ Girella. Shake your hand, AJ Girella. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. Yo, 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 Nothing's Normal Podcast. It's your host, Spanks. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed when it comes to insurance? Do you want to focus on what matters most at home and in your business? Let me introduce you to ZRM Brokerage, a company that believes in making risk management your best investment. Founded by Daniel Gaini. They're providing expert risk management services with neighborly care since 2017. Over here at ZRM Brokerage, they operate off morals, honesty, integrity, loyalty, somebody that's going to keep it 100 with you, not just look for the dollar, you know? ZRM, which stands for Zara Risk Management, pays homage to the kindness and generosity of Daniel's grandfather, Joseph Zara. Their mission is simple, to empower you with the knowledge and tools to simplify the complex world of insurance. Now, they probably never taught you this in school, but life is all about resource. And Daniel Guiney, he's got a lot of that. He deals with top experts when it comes to insurance all over the globe. Now, if you're waiting for the accolades, trust me, we don't just walk it, he talks it as well. He's backed by an MBA from Iona University. He also has won the prestigious Millie Award from the Westchester Business Journal, y'all. Head over to www.westchesterhomeinsurance.com to get your free quote from ZRM Brokerage Insurance Company. Nothing's normal. All right, AJ Girella. So when I first uh, came in contact with you, um, yes, it was on Instagram. You have a uh, you know a page nine one four collective. That's uh, me. That's you. Uh, how'd you come up with that name? 914 Collective. Uh, it's got a little bit of a long background, but I'll try to give you the quick shortened version, which is... You got time. It started as... Uh, it started uh, back in 2016. I rented a 450 square foot warehouse space to throw uh, shows in for like <laughs> punk rock bands and hip hop shows. And uh, I I called it The Donk at the time, and it was named after Yonkers, because Yonkers was named after some guy named Adrian Vanderdonk, and I just thought The Donk would be a <laughs> hilarious name for it, yeah. so I called it The Donk, sure. and then, uh, <laughs> so then I, I was only there for a year, because like most spaces where you're illegally hosting music events, you get kicked out, sure. and then uh, I called, I started, I kept throwing shows, and I used the, the name The Donk Collective, uh, and then I, and then in like, I don't know, 2020 or 2021, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to change this to 914 because I started screen printing. Yeah. And I was printing 914 on T-shirts. And I was like, I think I'm going to change it to the 914 Collective. For sure. Uh, and, yeah, it's just been that since. That's dope, man. Uh, <laughs> nice story. The Donk. That reminds me of Soulja Boy. He had a song called <laughs> yeah, Donk. She got a Donk. That got was the first thing he said. Oh, he's a two. He's yeah, a two. That's why I thought it was a funny name. Hey, man, I, was, I, was like, it's, I was like, it's still related to Yonkers, but also... It really just means ass. Yeah. <laughs> With the ladies coming out, they popping out to the punk. How's a punk party? Like I've never been to a rave, a punk party, nothing like that. I'm, I'm, we go to you know skating, regular punk. Well, not regular parties, but hip hop teenage parties. Yeah, like, we, know. I did a couple hip hop shows there too. Oh, sure. uh, so we, we did, a, we did a handful. We were, we were mixed genre. Uh, For sure. We were mixed genre. You know, 
Uh, sometimes the drinks would be a little bit different from show to show. Yeah. That's that's one thing I noticed. Like yeah. you, th- you throw a bunch of punks into a, a room and they're like PBR cans all over the place. After <laughs> <that>. <laughs> what, what, I don't even know what that is. PBR can? What's that? Pap, uh, Pap's Blue Ribbon. You know oh. the cheapest yeah, crap. I don't drink beer, bro. I hate beer. <laughs> Not a beer drink, I think. Yeah, not a beer. I like alcohol, uh-huh. but you know, the yeah, beer, I can't what, really. What are you what are you drinking? What are you I drinking? like Tito's, nice smooth. Right. I like All tequila, right. you know. All right. All right. I Fair like uh, I'm, a, I'm a big beer drinker. Yeah, so. I, I can kinda yeah, you can kinda <laughs> tell a beer drinker, you know, not, uh, not the profile, but you, yeah. yeah, you can you can chug them. <laughs> All right, um, over here at Nothing's Normal, we always like to go to the beginning of um stories. Uh okay. like I said, if you follow you on social media. We see what you've become and also, you know, potentially where you could go. But we like to focus on the steps of how you get there. So, yeah. with that being said, man, where you from? I'm from Yonkers, New York. Y-O. Big Y-O. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 30. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. Young boy. So, uh, talk to us about growing up in Yonkers for you. How was your uh, upbringing in Yonkers? It was good, man. I, uh, you know, I come from a long line of people from Yonkers. Okay. My grandmother was born in Yonkers oh, on my shit. mom's side, yeah. and my grandmother on my dad's side was also born in Yonkers. Oh, uh, just... Lived in Greenberg for a little bit, oh, when shit. She, but she did not, not me. Yeah. Um, but then my parents were born in Yonkers. I was born in Yonkers. Uh, it's good, man. I, I grew up kind of, uh, you know, my, my, I grew up with my mom and my dad. Uh, of and, course. And mom, dad, but I, I stayed with my grandmothers a bit. So I had one grandmother that lived on Elm Street. I had another grandmother that lived on Moquette Row. Uh, I grew up kind of in the in the area near like Lockwood Avenue. I don't know if, for anyone who knows Yonkers uh, a little I, bit. I, 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 don't mind. Are there two Elm Streets? I only the one Elm Street in there's, Yonkers. There's one Elm Street in Yonkers. And you live there? My grandmother did. Your yes. grandma did. My dad grew up on Elm Street. Yeah, my dad grew up on, on Elm Street. Did I'm they not, own the store or something like that? Was it one of them situations? Did they? My own dad, the- my dad's dad, who I've never met, my grandfather owned a luncheonette on on uh, on on Elm Street, and then he grew up in 99 and a half Elm yeah. Street. It's on the corner of Elm and Nepperhan. Uh, and my grandmother lived there. Uh, so my ch- my ch- my childhood, I spent a lot of time in that building on 99 and a half Elm, and then we would uh, yeah we just walk, and then eventually my my dad uh, moved her into like there's like a, a senior building right there, like right on Everhand Avenue. You could see it from her other yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. She he moved her into there when she got a little older, and then before she passed. But uh, oh, sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, so I grew up between my two grandmothers, basically Elm Street and Moquette Row, and I uh, stayed in their places a lot. My dad, my dad, my parents, you know, both worked. Course. My mom, uh, my mom worked in the school that I went to. She was a teacher's assistant. Yeah. She was just like a teacher's aide. Uh, so I went to school 27, which is like right off South Broadway, uh, yeah. uh, Riverdale Avenue, kind of right, near, kind of near Riverdale Avenue, the Bronx, like mm-hmm. pretty close to there. And then I went to Yonkers Middle School, Yonkers High School. You know, Yonkers High. Yeah, we smacked child in basketball. Shout out to Woodlands. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine. We weren't, yeah. we weren't very good at any sports. Yeah, yeah, no. I was the jock in high school, though. I was, I was on the bowling team. You were. <laughs> Shit. I'm just joking. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> a jock. <laughs> I ate pretzels and drank Coca-Cola and bowled like three times, like two times a week. <laughs> hey, I like him, man. Um, let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, you know, Friends, your experience growing up in these areas. I mean, I'm from Greenberg, okay. and I heard a lot of stories about these areas. And you naturally you profile mm-hmm. those areas. You don't really see too many guys like you saying, "Yeah, I grew up on Elm Street, this block." You don't really hear that. The streets you guys usually hear about, you know, Broadway, you know, Central Park Avenue, streets like that. Yeah. But for you, how was it for you coming up? You know, in those areas. Well, so for me, like I like where I lived, like my I lived I, I lived in two apartments, 
And then we got a house actually when I was like pretty young. I think Beautiful. it was like six when, yeah. when my parents bought our house. Okay. Um, and I lived I lived in an area I lived in an area kind of off off the t- a top block with Avenue and right. um, it was a little it's a little more more houses and a little more suburby. And then my 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 grandmother's lived in, in these di- different sections and uh, it was uh, you know I don't I don't know I never thought I, I it's funny because when I got to high school, I mean I'm sorry when I got to college. I went to college at Manhattanville College in Purchase. Oh, beautiful. And uh, it was a lot less diverse yeah. than where I had grown up. And yeah. I I never really noticed it until I went there. Right. right. Weird yeah. enough. I don't like I never I went to, <laughs> it was like a shock when I went there. I was like, oh, well, this is He di- looked like me. You look like me. He looks <laughs> like, like me. Whoa. I was like, this is different. I just had my friends when yeah. I was growing up. So yeah. like uh yeah, I never I never I never really noticed. And that's probably maybe that in itself is like a pretty privileged take to not yeah. have noticed. Yeah. But I, I genuinely like didn't until I was put into the situation where it was like a lot less diverse. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't know. Like it was it was yeah. pretty just normal for just, me. Yeah. It was normal. Like I, we were I was friends with all my friends. We all well, was all over the place. When you went to school at Yonkers, it was like the white kid hangs out with the Arab kid yeah. or the Middle Eastern kid who hangs out with the black kid and the the, the Latino kid. Like it didn't matter. Like you didn't yeah. and you didn't really think about it. Of course. As a kid, like yeah. it, you know, like I don't know. Yeah. Do you think growing up in a setting like that played a part in you know your diversity? If you check out, like I said, I, I pay attention to your Instagram and you, you know how to pretty much interact with everyone. It's not a it's not a select group. That you do, you know how to hit it off. Like it's just energy. So do you think you do you credit that to growing up in Yonkers and the diversity and things like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess. Yeah. It's I guess it's, it's kind of come kind of natural, but but probably sure. probably because of maybe yeah. because of that. You know, right. maybe I never again. I never really. I don't know. I just never really thought about it. It was just how yeah. it was. Like, I only ask that because society, you know divide you know especially america it's a divided uh country so you know often on our side you know we tend to think everybody who's white is privileged there's no such thing as struggle it's a it's a very bad stereotype and then i just like to get the opinions of you know cool caucasians like yourself like you know (laughs) how was it like how you know how was growing up for you and some of your hardships what would be something that you considered you know a hardship for you growing up i you know i so I be food stamps or something like that, but no, that doesn't no, mean you didn't yeah, go so through I, something. Yeah, so I know? never had to worry about if there was gonna be a meal on the table. Of course, for sure. Yeah. Get, like I never had to stress about things like that. But I did have friends, and of I course. went to school with people who did. Absolutely. And I did see a lot of it firsthand. Um, you know, my I come from a, so when my when I was born. Um, my parents were pretty young. They were like 26. Yeah. Um, and oh wow! I thought you were just gonna say 15. Oh no! 26 yeah, is not, like yeah, fairly. Yeah, yeah, they were like 20, but. I'm 30, and I, if I had a yeah. kid right now, I'd be like, oh, no. So, <laughs> too many brothers black not having no kids. Man. You, you blessed, man. Uh, yeah. Not, not, <laughs> yeah. not yet. But yeah, 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 I'd sure. be, be a little worried if, at this point <laughs> if I had a kid. So, yeah. so thinking back, I'm like, wow, my parents are younger than I am now, and they had me. But uh, my, you know, my dad, at the time, he was just like, Working at, at a, as a manager for like a company that like sold electronics cables, yeah. and my mom was a teacher's assistant, which she made like at the time I think like twelve thousand dollars a year. It was like Shit, yeah. very wow. little money to do that job. Um, and my mom was my mom was very freshly sober when I was born. She was she's now thirty two years sober. Wow, congratulations! Um, yeah, she just hit thirty two years last week. But she was only when she got pregnant, she was only a few months yeah. sober. At, wow. You know, when she was, she, and then she's like, oh, I guess I'm having a kid now. Yeah. 
Um, so I grew up going to going to AA meetings. Oh wow! My, my, as a like kid. as a kid, pretty much like every day. Yeah. Because my mom went like almost daily when I was a kid, to, right. and you know we didn't have you know I, was, I think either went to one of my grandmother's houses yeah. or I, I went I went to the to the AA meeting. So I I grew up around that, and for uh, it was definitely an interesting thing to like see. I it's it's I look back at it now, and I like didn't completely understand what it was right. at the time because I was a kid. Absolutely. Uh, but my mom would like try to fill me in on certain things, but she was also kind of like private about it. Of course. Um, so that's definitely one thing, but I, I think that, I think it, it helped me actually because I saw like, I saw the struggles that a lot of people went through. Of course. And I realized that uh, one, to be careful <laughs> as yeah. I grew up, like be careful, For especially sure. since it runs deep in my blood. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. my mom, her father, yeah. you know, and, and generations down. Um, but I also, uh, I think other than, than that, it was just like, um, I don't know, it taught me, it taught me to like, to try to stay grounded. And, uh, and it, it showed me how, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that it showed me how, like, I had a really strong mom. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had a really strong mom growing Absolutely. up. Um, and she went through things and she had to deal with them and she figured it out and mm -hmm. was able to like help me have a better life because of that. For sure. Yeah. And I think that was really powerful growing yeah. up. Like, Definitely. You know, Definitely. like she had it way harder than I had it. Both Absolutely. my parents did. My, you know, my dad's, my dad, his, his father died when he was 11. Jesus. He grew up on Elm Street. Like yeah. he, they had no money growing up. At 11 years old, he became the man of the house. I had to start like pr helping provide and like, my parents, it was, it's a great, I live in a great spot where my parents like were able to be like, hey, we just want you to be better off than we were. And yeah, I think that's a goal as a parent. That's something, like I said, you definitely take note. You definitely, I think that's one of the ultimate goals of parenthood. Um, helping your children skip, you know, the uh, struggles that you went through as a child. I feel like that should always be the goal. And yeah. Like you said, AA meetings, I mean, to look at it from a positive, you're getting a chance to see all different people, different shapes and sizes all be a community with one yep. goal to, you know, be, be better people. So I, I shout, shout out to that. Uh, do you have any siblings? I have one brother. We're seven and a half years apart. He's younger than me. Wow. So, yeah, I was always like uh, my way little brother, which is funny now because he's 6'3 and 240 pounds. Oh, wow. So he's a lot bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is my little brother. Anytime we step Maury. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, lo we look very similar, too. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, here we but go. He's, just, he's your brother. Bigger, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's always funny. Yeah, like yeah. this is my little brother. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have one very much younger brother. Yeah, shout out to him, man. Shout out to little bro. Mm -hmm. Last thing I asked you about the household. You have like a pet, pet ferret, pet. You know, any any pets growing up? Yeah. So my dad had a cat before I was born. So for the first couple of years of my life, uh, we had this really fat black cat called Roxy. Uh, couldn't even jump on a chair. This cat. Jeez. And then we <laughs> we got a dog at one point. Um, but he was, he was a little vicious, yeah. and he ended up biting one of our neighbors really? one too many times, so we, we had to get rid of him, unfortunately. Uh, now I have, a, I have a dog now, though. I have a little, I have a little guy. He's like a, a little terrier. Yeah. He's a little mutt, mixed, yeah. mixed guy that we adopted. His name's Flapjack. Flapjack. Shout out to <laughs> Flapjack. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Um, after, did you graduate high school? I graduated high school, yep. Okay, good. Yonkers High School. Beautiful. After you graduate high school, what was next for you? Did you go to college or yeah. were you always the funny guy? Did you always, you know, know exactly which way you wanted to pivot after high school? You know, how'd that go? Yeah. So I knew uh, I did go to college. Um, I 
I went to college probably more because my parents wanted me to more than I really wanted to. Yeah, um, that's, that's a lot. That's common. <laughs> they, that's common. You know, yeah. they really wanted me to go, and I was good at school. Yeah. I will say, but I was not good at paying attention at school. But I was good at taking tests, so I always made it through school pretty, pretty like. It, I should. It was pretty like school was fairly. So e- you didn't have to study. For, you just go take the test. I no. I I didn't have to pay attention in class. I would just like read before the test or something, and then I was good at like taking yeah. the information enough to like do well on the test. And wow. that was kind of my whole high school high school career. So I, I like got pretty good grades in high school, even though I goofed off a lot. Yeah. Um, so I did go to college. I went to college for music because there really? was nothing else I was interested in, really? um, even remotely. So yeah, I went, I went to college for music. I did a music education degree. Excellent. Oh, wow. To what, teach music. What college? I went to Manhattanville. Manhattanville, you did say that. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, in got purchase. That's interesting. Uh, you don't even hear about um, curriculums, like, like usually business management, accounting, this, that. Music, what is music management? Education. Music education. And what, what does music education consist of, that class? Uh, or that major. That major. Excuse me. Oops. No, no, no. You're good. Uh, it it um, it was just like it was it. it my degree allows me to teach uh, pre K to twelfth grade music, pretty much in in any music class. Oh wow! I mean, it it is kind of ridiculous. Like I could be like I so I had to do student teaching for a semester, which is like four months, where I worked in high school full time, and they put me on in, on as the band teacher. Yeah. I'm a guitar player yeah. and a drummer, yeah. so the band teacher thing, like I, I had to like figure it out, like showing people how to get stuff out on a trumpet or a trombone. I was very much throw, like thrown into the fire to just like, <laughs> all right, figure this shit out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, wow. yeah, it, it, it was just a mixture of music classes and uh, education courses to teach you how to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just preparing you to be a, a music teacher, essentially. So was, was school a struggle for you? Because I, I just feel like when you love something or you're passionate about something, it doesn't even feel like a job or work. It's just another day. College? Yeah, college. Uh, as as you, you get, yeah, you, no, you, it was, it was, yeah. it definitely wasn't, it definitely wasn't a super struggle for me. Um, I really, I did enjoy most of what I was doing. Uh, I did a lot of stuff outside of school that with music that was way more important to me at the time. Like I probably could have got better grades if I wasn't like, trying to play in my punk band and get in the van and go on tour and I was doing that the whole time I was also in school yeah. so I was missing class a lot because it was like oh we played four shows in a row the past couple of nights I ain't going to class tomorrow yeah. or like <laughs> things like that but uh yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I made it through. I made yeah. it through in the allotted time that you were supposed to. I didn't do an extra semester or anything. So. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> um, speaking of music, what kind of lit music uh, did you listen to growing up? Was it a variety? Do you have like a your favorite band? Like, what's your go-to? What kind of music are you into? So me, I uh, I'm pretty all over the place. Uh, growing up, I think when I first I, my when I was like eight years old, maybe my parents got me a Sony Walkman yeah, CD CD player, yeah. like the portable CD players. <sighs> yep, yeah. I got one Batteries. of those. Yeah, I got one of those, and I think I got four CDs with it for Christmas. And the CDs were uh, Green Day, Warning. I remember them, Green Day. Uh, yeah. Linkin Park, oh. Hybrid Theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I got an Eminem CD. I think it was the Eminem show. Yeah, that was my shit. <laughs> and then uh, a Smash Mouth CD, which is just a meme I'm at this point. I don't listen to Smash Mouth or anything. I, but those were the first, those were like when I was growing up, those were the first four CDs I got. But uh I was really into the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. Me too, yeah. So, that so, so, was my game, PlayStation. So those soundtracks like shaped my life in yeah. a lot of ways. Like I loved those soundtracks and anything 
anything like related to those types of things is kind of the direction. Like I, I love like, I don't know what my top five records of all time are, yeah, but yeah. I, I know a few of them are like everything from, you know, I, I grew up on bands. Like I loved bands like Green Day and Blink-182 and stuff like that. <sighs> but also Nas Illmatic is one of my favorite records of all time. Like uh, I love Nas. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really like a punk rock, heavy metal, hip hop is yeah. like my go-to day to day. But uh, in college, I studied jazz, so I got really into jazz guitar for a little bit, and I was listening to a lot of like Wes Montgomery or Pat Metheny and like a lot of this jazz stuff. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm clueless. There. That's like the, that's still the stuff. If I'm like working on something, I don't want to hear something with like wor- lyrics in it. I'll mm-hmm. listen to that because it just makes my brain like something's happening in the background, yeah. but I, like not something I'm singing along to or paying attention to much. Uh, but yeah, I, I like everything. I, I like everything. I've played in rock bands for a lot of years, but. I've also played in backing bands for a couple of hip hop artists. Yeah, um, Lincoln Park did a lot of that. A lot of uh, they did the mix. Yeah, stuff, they did yeah. the mix. A lot of stuff with yeah. Jay Z. That was that was an epic era. Are you familiar with the early two thousands, like the, the MTVs, the TRLs, yeah. or shows like of that? Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. You know That's like shaped my life. Like yeah. watching like, and I loved it. And that was like, Me too. I loved everything about it. Like oh. I loved seeing like you could see. Whoever you could see Eminem or Nas on one of those shows, DMX. but then DMX huge yeah, like sure. uh, you could see Eminem, Nas, DMX, and I would play a lot of stuff. Or you would see Blink One Eighty Two or Good Charlotte or Green Day or Jessica like the, Simpson, the, the, Britney Spears, yeah, In Sync. Are you yeah. into those guys? <laughs> I, I you know I liked the when I was maybe like five six yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up, by the time I was ten or eleven I was too cool for that yeah, you know I was yeah, like yeah. not I was me like, I listen to that shit right now man <laughs> yeah I'll put on Backstreet Boys back I'm more of a Backstreet Boys I like guy. them too I like um LFO you know who LFO is yeah, remember yeah, those guys yeah, I like yeah. those dudes yeah yeah hell yeah, yeah. I, I I was big on um I know about like I said MTV like raised me back then I'm sixth grade seventh grade yeah TRL like you said you'll see a Jessica Simpson you'll see Eminem. <laughs> I remember when Justin Timberlake got his heart broke by Britney Spears. That was big. That was big. That was big. That yeah. was huge. That was big. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah, huge. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, y'all go this shit. It was rough. Oh yeah. Um, legally highest seltzer water. Just when you thought you couldn't get high, they go and add sixty more milligrams of THC. They actually added a new flavor too, the raspberry acai. Emphasis on the acai. A little bit more calories, but that just means it tastes better. Now, if you don't know about Legally Highest, it is a THC seltzer water. I know for me, I like my my clothes to smell fresh. I hate smoky clothes. Like I, oh my God, you walk in a you walk in a spot and set the fire alarm off. Everybody knows if you want your breath to stay intact, you better have a bev, and it it can't be water. So this is a this is a double bonus. You get the double bonus here, man. You can sip. Uh, nobody's in your business. You could do this around your kids. Uh, actually, speaking of kids, you need to be 21 or older to purchase one of these. So, you know, if you're 20, eh, maybe we'll get you a case of these for your 21st birthday. If you're looking to purchase uh, some of these amazing drinks and calm yourself down, www.legallyhighest.com. Us over here at Nothing's Normal, we are part of the Polymath Network. You'll get a discount by using promo code POLY20. Well, now that we're high, let's get back into the show. So music as after college. Yeah. Uh, what was your? Did you find a career in your degree in the music uh, education field? Uh, the answer is yes and no. Right. I didn't really want to. Uh, so I, I, yeah, yeah, in the sense that I, I, the next couple of years of my life, I basically just taught private lessons, and I would drive all around Westchester teaching guitar, piano, and drums. 
to students. I would just go into people's homes. Uh, I worked oh. at a, I worked at a music school for like a little bit in Austin, teaching private lessons. Uh, and then I also was a substitute teacher in the Yonkers Public Schools. Okay. Not doing music, just being a substitute in whatever class. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I was on the other side of that as a student. I was like, oh, yeah. Remember when I used to t torture subs? Hello. I'm on the other side that's of that shit. Yeah. This sucks. That's crazy. <laughs> so I did that for a couple of years. But the reality is I did all of that because um, it was all flexible enough to let me get out on the road and go yeah. on tour. And I spent a couple of years just like touring a lot. Uh, so I've, I've toured everywhere all around the U.S. I've done full United States tours. I've toured Canada, Europe. Wow. Um, yeah, but play, played music pretty much like all, in a lot of places at this point, which is cool. I've had the opportunity to do that. Uh, snare, bass, drum. Uh, a drum kit. I'm a drum set. Oh, everything. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, uh, definitely. And in, in high school, I, I did. I was on the marching snare in the. In, okay, it, the kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, but yeah, drum set, full yeah. Drum, full drum set. Yeah, um. When it comes to touring, do you have like a management team or do you handle your own uh, bookings and things like that? Just that's not easy to do. Just say, yeah, I'm just going on a tour. Uh, yeah, no, I, just, I, did, I did everything myself wow. for a long time. Yeah, in college, I, I was like, hey, I want to figure out how to go on tour. So every weekend break, we had winter break, we had summer break, whatever. We would fi I'd figure out dates and I would just line up venues. I would just like map it out and uh, Facebook messages at the time because it's now 2000. Nine, ten, yeah. uh, you know, f or eleven, twelve, I should say. Uh, yeah, so you send out Facebook messages and emails and link up with other bands. I would book bands in like in Westchester Shit. from other places, right. and then we would swap shows. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just did. I just kind of did the DIY thing. Just did it all myself, and uh, we would just get into a. I bought a two thousand dollar van when I was in college. That didn't last very long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome dude in White Plains. <laughs> Shout out to Doug P. <laughs> and wow. uh, we, I built a little bunk in it, and we would just sleep in the van. I would, we would shower in Planet Fitness parking lot, or shower at the Planet Fitness, That's and the uh, right there. Brush, brush the teeth in your part in any parking lot you could, and uh, just played music everywhere. I got, I've seen, I've seen every, like I've seen, I've been to forty four states Jeez. in the United States, but it's like, yeah, it was all kind of just doing it, and I mean, through that, I, I've gotten opportunities and. I, 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 you know, I, I've played everything from like playing to nobody when the sound guy and the, like the bartender to uh, last month I played Louder Than Life, which is like the biggest rock festival in America. Yeah. It was with Foo Fighters, Green Day. Um, yeah, Avenged Sevenfold. There was, like, it, was it was a big festival, it was like 100,000, 120,000 people uh, in Louisville. Kentucky. So I, yeah, I've done, I've done everything from play like really small bars and to, to big stages and big festivals, but it's all kind of just come back to like just doing it, <laughs> like figuring out, doing it, meeting people, yeah. connecting with people right. and like putting yourself in the space to get that opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, booking, anyone can book a tour. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to be a good tour, right. <laughs> anyone can, can, but I'm, you learn, I'm, you learn, you learn about how to make it better next time. And I just did that for years. I'm listening to you in like, the stuff that you're saying, it holds, it's, it's, it holds so much weight. You could just get so much substance from what you're saying. The grind, like you built a, a, a baby little bed in your van and you just traveled. So now, you know, talk to the viewers. Nothing's normal about, you know, the importance of, I want to get your opinion. Because when you talk, it's just like, it just make it sound so frivolous. And it's, 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 it's major. Um, even to perform with Green Day, even being ready for a moment like that and being able to seize the opportunity so major. Uh, tell the people, you know, about that process and some things you need in order to accomplish a goal like that. I always say, and I even tell my students this, like any goal you have, 
you put it at the top, and then you got to work backwards on how you're going to get there, right? So a lot of people start here, and they're like, oh, I want to get to this. I want to make this massive thing happen, and they think they're like, it's just going to happen. It's like every goal, anything in your life, a financial goal, a personal goal, whatever, it's like put the goal at the top, and then like in my brain, I just go backwards. They're like, all right, I got to be here then, and then here then, and right now I'm down here, but I'm going to work my way up to this point. And uh, most things are just action. Like you just got to do stuff. Yeah. You got to just not... Be it's afraid. Simple. Just you just gotta start somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Everything starts in somewhere. People want to start a podcast, right? And they're like, I don't know how to start a podcast. I tell my students in my class, all you need is one of these things. Yeah. You don't like this is amazing. You guys have an awesome setup here. There's cameras, there's lights, there's all this stuff, right? This is dope. You don't really like it's, it. Makes it amazing. Makes it look great. But people don't want to just start something. They think they need everything to yeah. get started. I'm like, and even the stuff I do online with 914 Collective now, yeah, I show, I show, my, yeah. I show my students. I'm like. See these videos and how many views these are getting? I did these with my cell phone. Like these are done with my cell phone. This is done with my cell phone. This is, you don't you don't need that next thing. Like you just gotta start. Yeah. But most people get in this uh, analysis paralysis. Mm, I like those words. You think about things like you analyze all the things you have to do to make something happen instead of just getting started. Mm, so you waste so much time trying to come up with the perfect plan that you never start. Cause you're there is no perfect plan. You're gonna be bad at whatever you start. When you first started, mm. you're gonna be bad. And just like get ready to be bad mm-hmm. and work on being good, right? Yeah. Like so, yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, people see like, and they they see that the end result. People see sometimes see the end results of things yeah. and don't realize they're like, oh well, you grew this nine one four collective thing pretty fast. So I was like, yeah, but I already had a page on on TikTok for my band that had. 85,000 followers and I learned how to make videos and it took me years to figure that part out and before that I spent 20 years trying to learn how to play guitar and drums and perform and do all these other things it's like to me it's like yeah sure it happened fast but it's like no this has been like I'm I'm 30 years old it's been 25 years of my life like trying to figure the thing out and it's it's all about just taking action like not thinking about something too much and just kind of like starting and going for it because you're only gonna learn something by actually doing. Right. Without doing, you're just not gonna, you're just gonna think about, oh, what could be. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's, that's my biggest thing, is like, just start. Whatever it is you got an idea for, start. How would you say you personally handle fear? Because a lot of your success, it can be very frightening. Like I said, I'm a huge supporter of what you got going on. I'm a new supporter, but I studied it. And to even, fathom getting to a point like that is could be very startling especially when you're talking about public opinion and it's just so many different factors that stop you from even wanting to get on a camera or do anything public related yeah yeah no i and uh self-awareness is like the number one thing like it's tough like you gotta you gotta know who you are because if you know who you are then the opinions don't really matter as much but it is really hard. I, like this didn't. This wasn't like a thing. Like I was able to like flick on. Like yeah. I used to care about opinions way yeah. more than I care about opinions right. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the more you do it, like the more you just put yourself out there. Uh, you know, I I get mean comments every single day. You know, yeah. like whatever. Like I, but like those people are just. I'm just a person on another side of a screen, and they're just a person on another side of the screen. They don't know me. For sure. They don't know AJ. They never sat down and talked to me, and like yeah. so, like whatever they re- have to say. And if you're worried about the negativity that comes along with it, it's going to come if you put yourself out publicly. Definitely. It's going to. There's no getting every public figure gets negativity. Absolutely. No matter how big or small. But like, um, 
as long as you know who you are and you know what your intentions with whatever it is you're trying to do are and you do your best to, to be you, it doesn't matter. I know that I'm not for everybody. Yeah, I say this all the time. I'm not for everybody. Yeah. There's going to be people that watch me and go, that guy is fucking annoying. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's Definitely. great. That's great. As long as I'm me, it doesn't, I, I don't, I'm not worried about that. Because I will say too, like when you try to do something positive, most of it is positive. I get mostly positive oh, feedback. Yeah, absolutely. But then of course, yeah, there's negative and that, that's going to come. And like, but I, I know who I am and I know what I'm trying to accomplish and what I'm trying to do. And no one, just to not do it, just because you're scared of what other people are going to think is just holding yourself back. It's stupidity. It's insanity. Yeah. it's Because it, also realize that most people don't actually give a shit. Yeah. Every, we all live in our own heads and our, we are the main character of our own stories, right? Definitely. But, but like, you're the main character of your story and I'm the main character of my story. One of my students asked me last week, how do you get comfortable with like making videos while people are around? I was like, because most people don't give a shit. <laughs> They're just going to walk by you okay. and not... Yeah. All right. Cool. Maybe, maybe give you a weird look. And then three minutes later, they forgot already. Yeah. They, went, they went back to their head and what's going on. Five minutes, ten minutes down the road, they don't sure. even remember they saw you. Sure. You know, yeah. so it's like, as long as you just recognize that, it doesn't matter. Like, That's no big, one yeah. actually cares. Like, yeah. no one gives a shit. No one just, gives a fuck. <laughs> just do... If you know yourself, just be yourself and yeah. just go 100% in on it and, like... Good stuff will come. That's dope. We talk about 914 Collective. Talk about uh, the process of even creating it. When did you start it and why? Yeah, so like I said earlier, like I, it started kind of as like me booking shows. I wasn't making content, really. I was just booking local shows and having, and having people play. Um, then I, I started, for my band Shakeout, we, I started doing a lot of content in, in 2020 because we were on tour in March of 2020. Oh, you already know. I know what comes next. Yeah. I was in Arkansas, and I turned home and drove back to New York <laughs> after trying to go down to South by Southwest in Texas. It, not, it didn't even happen. Like, yeah. we didn't make it to Texas. And uh, so I came home, but I'm not the one to sit home and do nothing. I also lost my job right after that because I was a substitute teacher. Yeah. And wow. no more school. So I got home. I was like, well, <laughs> now I don't have a job. What are you going to do? Watch SpongeBob all day? I can't do the one thing I like to do, which is go out and play music. Like, I can't do anything anymore. Just like all of us. So, like, yeah. everyone, we were all in the situation of just like, that, shit, that shit sucked for a while. Definitely. Um, the unemployment checks were nice for a little while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got stimulus? You get one of those? Oh, I got that. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I, got the, I got two. I think I got two. You got to bring Trump back, man. I like this. I miss Trump, man. Got my the checks vote. were nice. The yeah. checks were nice, I will say. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, got, I got back and... Uh, I was just like, all right, I saw, I saw TikTok was like kind of a thing. This is March of, or April maybe now of 2020. Right. It was a lot smaller of a platform at the time. And I was, I'm 30 now. So what is this? I was 27. Right. right? I started making guitar videos on TikTok. Um, and my friends would make fun of me because they were like, bro, isn't that the thing that like 13 year old girls are on like <laughs> dancing or something? Like what the, yeah. what the fuck is TikTok? Right. I was just like, I was like, I just that see, was, yeah. I just see a lot of opportunity there because there was a lot of people using it, and there wasn't a lot of people like making for it at the time. And there was like guitar players. I knew like one other. Uh, when I first started making videos, I knew like one other guitar player on the whole app. You know, you go on Instagram or YouTube, or there's literally tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands oh, yeah. guitar Definitely. players. That's a smart strategy. So wow. I saw a TikTok and I was just like, hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I, I made like 150 videos that went nowhere. Did absolutely nothing. I probably had like 200 followers 
after making 150 videos, but I was just consistent. Every day I was just like trying things out, testing ideas. Wow. Uh, and then I would say the next 150 videos, and this is where going back to taking action. Yeah. After I did those first 150, let's say, I don't remember the actual number. Say I had 250 followers on TikTok. The next 150, I probably had like 10 to 15,000. Jesus. Because I learned a lot. And those, I learned by doing What did you tweak? What was the, 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 the tweak in uh, strategy? Just everything. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to frame a camera. I didn't mm. know how to light something up. I didn't know how to commute, talk on yeah. a camera. Really? I, I didn't know how to do any of it. Shit. I didn't know any of it. Like, I didn't know how to do it. I used my cell phone. Just, I was just playing guitar, like, talking about music, just yeah. trying stuff. Like, yeah. putting stuff at the wall and, like, making, a, making it an effort. So after a little while, I started kind of figuring out how to, like, make videos, how to talk to a camera, how to do all this. And, and then I started thinking, like... What else could I talk about? Like, if I were to do this again on a different account and I wanted it to be a different audience of people, not like people that are into whatever rock music, I want it to be a different audience. What can I talk, what can I talk about? And I was like, well, I have my page for my shows. Yeah. That was a local page. I was like, I could just try to talk about local stuff. Mm. And I started just doing it on TikTok. Yeah. And uh, I was making TikToks like super sporadically, like not very serious, but at first, a few of them started picking up like kind of early on because again there was no one doing it and uh i was just saying stuff like i remember the first one that really went off i was like only people in westchester will know and then i think i talked about like how they changed the name of the tappan zee bridge to the mario, mario cuomo, cuomo. Or something, something <laughs> like that it was like something real silly and it went like people were, like and i was like oh all right they like me uh and then uh it really wasn't until uh late last year early this year that i i started kind of taking it more seriously like the account existed and I sporadically would make a video on it and it had a few thousand followers on TikTok. On Instagram, I think I had like 400 followers in January wow, of this year. Shit. Uh, wow. And then I just started just make, I just week. started translating it and just yeah. moving it to Instagram a little bit and, and doing it more on Instagram and TikTok, still doing it there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. People have just seemed to, to, to like it. So... What exactly is not what for? Because, you know, we know, and I'm pretty sure thousands of people who are going to watch this or who know about you already know, but what is uh, just 914 people? Or what's, like, what's the idea behind it? Like, what's, the, what's the plot behind so, the so, 914? So I've still been trying to figure it out. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I see it now. Is it's uh, the 914 Collective is a media company. Yes. Currently a solo adventure because I'm the only one that does anything for it. Like I do all the filming, I do all the editing, I'm doing everything for it right now. But like, um, and in my spare time when I'm not working my job and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a media company that um, I'm gonna be uh, hosting events and, and I'm, I'm I'm opening up a venue space. Right. Um, so it's a media company that's gonna hopefully. Uh, drive more music to, to, to Westchester and events wow. um, is really the goal. Yeah. I knew I wanted to tie it back into music Definitely. somehow, some way, and I, I think I've started to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been the project for the past couple of months is figuring it out. And uh, I got some other stuff that I'm like trying to work on. And um, it's the goal, honestly, like the, the, the page says it, it's like highlighting the positive aspects of Westchester. That's and right beautiful. now, that's what it is. That's beautiful. That's, right, that's what I do right now. Yeah. I just put on like cool positive shit absolutely um and trying to share people and their yeah. stories and so the 914 ser interview series is part of it absolutely. but i almost think of it as like it's a media network that could have and kind of already does have a few shows yeah underneath it so 914 and the 914 being one um i'm producing a show for called between two tanks for a, a yonkers brewing company Shoot, wow. um 
And then I, I do a, a show, it's Shakeout Live. It's the live stream podcast with a rock band. That's your band, right? Shakeout? Yeah, 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 so we do a live stream uh, and we have other bands on and we and we kind of shoot the shit on, on different rock music. We play songs. We, yeah. we, um, so I have that show. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's so like a media network almost yeah. with like shows under it. And uh, yeah, that's what it is for now. I let- <laughs> that's amazing, man. I, I, I'm I'm mind blown. Just your the ability to pivot from one thing like this didn't work. Let's go. Like you you just this didn't work, but this didn't work, but this didn't work. Like you're still on this journey. Like you, I'm asking you, and you're still figuring it out as we're even speaking. That's yeah. amazing to see I, the the progress. Is like wow. Yeah. In my eyes, you already you're already there. You know. Yeah, I, it's like yeah. I mean, like I'm super. I'm fortunate that people like what I'm doing. It's Definitely. really cool. It's it's, it's, it's awesome. It's For like sure. a very good feeling. Um, I don't make any money from any of it. Really? Zero. Like, pretty much. I have never charged a business yeah. to go in and, and do any of those videos I do for them. I don't charge for that. Um, because for me, like, I think I have opportunities to be able to give back to people, maybe. Mr. And, like, fig- over here, man. figure, like figure out other ways to make money. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, maybe if I open a venue space, like, I might be able to make a little money oh, doing, definitely. Yeah. doing that, doing something I still like. And, that's like... Nice. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to maybe put out some merchandise and, 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 and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I haven't charged. I don't want to, it feels weird to me to go into a small business and be like, yeah, give me, I could probably people have offered it. Definitely. People have offered it every day. Like I got emails were like, Hey, how much can can we pay you to come? And I'm just like, I'm not doing that. Like, can I borrow your email (laughs) (laughs) right now? (laughs) The guy's going to really bless you. Uh, I don't know, you know, what your take on that is, but that's, um, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not, and I'm. I'm not even trying to even like look for praise on it. It's just like I. I'm not a salesman. Yeah. I'm a musician. Right. <laughs> I, I like people, so yeah. I'm just trying to like figure out navigating like being a creative and being able to make a living from being a creative. Yeah, That's yeah. my whole life. Well, you got to get paid. You got. You have to. Yeah. You, you, you le- learn that as you get older. Yeah. You're like, oh <laughs> shit, I, I have rent and food yeah. and yeah. all this stuff, but I, I work. I work a job still. You know, I, yeah. I I have a job and that's what I do and that's how I make my money and then, then I do this stuff on the side. This is amazing. Um, you said you have a job. Uh, what you said, you're a teacher. What are you, uh, what's your profession? Yeah, I teach at, at Mercy University. Uh, really? Wow. Part part time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was you know I was teaching lessons for years. I just got tired of driving around the right. county every day. Yeah. <laughs> from like, I drive from Rye to Mamaroneck to Yonkers to Dobbs Ferry to wherever. Just like it's the real county boy, wherever, right? Wherever, like just teaching guitar or teaching drums or whatever. Um, yeah. I just got tired of that, so yeah. Now, I, now I'm in one place for yeah. part time, and I, I teach there. And uh, yeah, if you don't mind me asking, what do you teach there? I teach uh, social media content creation, um, and I teach music appreciation. Uh, that first one is that a new uh, program? I've never seen that ever anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's in the communications department, so right. it falls under a communications course, which is funny because I've never taken one. Really? No, I know, like I never took. I'm teaching a communications college course. I never took one in, in, in college, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a communications course. So you know, most of those students are looking for jobs in communications, meaning you know, really right now, what's the biggest form of communication? It's like social media. Social media. So like uh, the the head of the department decided that they needed a, a curriculum in, in social media, and uh, I'm currently the one class. There's a podcasting class as well, which is just a, an audio podcasting class. And then I'm the social media class. Like, I'm teaching that. So 
this is your curriculum now. I made it up. Yeah, wow. I'm making it up as I go because it's my first semester teaching. Yeah. I made like a, an outline and a syllabus in the beginning of the semester because I had to and uh, been following it the best I can and just, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I made it I'm up. I'm interested to see that. I think it's, it's like you're modest about it, but I think that's, that's gold. That curriculum is, could really be uh, distributed. Like just yeah. talking to you, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's a uh, no. It's it's cool. I think it's I think I think it's gonna be helpful for you know the, the students in the class that are taking it seriously. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I think it's gonna be helpful for them because realistically, right now, if you like this content creation stuff, it's like it's not a, it's not like there's I guess there's like a little bit of luck involved, but it's like honestly mostly like strategic. Yeah. It's a strategy. It's a skill. Yeah. It's like how you do it. Like yes. it's not like. There's a little bit of like, you know, there's a level of like, you have to learn how to talk on a camera. Maybe you have to learn how to do these things. But like, like I said, I made 150 videos that went nowhere and I didn't know how to do any of that. Yeah. I just figured it out. Absolutely. But I'm able to like speed up the process for a few people because I could be like, here's all the stuff that I didn't know that I had to like figure out on my own. Like, yeah. here's like a, a course that like will help outline how to do some of this stuff yeah. and like maybe get there. And there's a few there's a few students in the class. I have them pick something that they like in the beginning of the semester and that's what they're going to make video is about that semester so like i have a student doing baseball videos i have a student doing pokemon videos i have students oh, doing fashion videos yeah. uh, i told them like pick a niche and like kind of go in on that that idea for the semester and uh yeah just helping them like speed up the process of like here's the things you need to know to like tell a good story to get people interested absolutely that's amazing wow this guy's man he's phenomenal man um out of all of the places that you visited so far, can you give us one of your favorites? Like cities? No, no. As far as like local, now we're for oh, Westchester-based, yeah, Westchester-based uh, places or anything. One of your favorites? I know you, all of them might be your favorite. Yeah, no. There's there's a lot of good spots. I'm a big pizza guy. Me too. So Johnny's Pizza, Mount Vernon. Oh yeah, Johnny's. Oof, Johnny's is Johnny's, yeah. best pizza I think in in, in Westchester. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Let's think. Other than and then food, beer. I like beer a lot. So I, I like the shout out to honestly all the local breweries. You know, mm -hmm. Yonkers Brewing, Simple Motive Brewing, uh, Run and Hide. They all just did a the a Westchester beer collab a couple oh, months ago. Where every all the uh, local breweries like worked together to make a beer and like a beer fest. Yeah, well, there was one one beer, and then they sold them at all the they brewed them together at Captain Lawrence, and then they sold them at all the different breweries. And uh, yeah, I think they're gone honestly by now. But yeah, Stone Cold there. <laughs> I wish, bro. That's my my hero, bro. Me too, man. <laughs> I was a big WWE guy. Big yeah. WWE. I was guy. gonna ask you that. So I was more WWF. Okay, when, yeah. Like, when I was coming up. Yeah, yeah. So were Same. you? Were you a uh, W? Oh, say WWE. What about WCW? You a fan of those guys? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I, it's not around anymore, right? No, I don't. No, absolutely not. No, I know AEW is the big one, and I know that because I one of my 914 interviews. Was with a dude, Jared. Uh, Jared, shout out Jared. He oh, Jared. he was uh, he's on AEW. He's yeah. a, he's a wrestler from Mount Vernon, and oh, he's, shit. he does a AEW Dark, which is like their YouTube series. Yeah, see, I'm way mm. past. I'm, I'm back in the early days mm. when they were on. I think it was USA, uh, the channel USA. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with. Uh, after like Batista and Brock Lesnar, it gets fuzzy for me. Like. You know, I'm not really up to date with same, it. Same, same. I, I fall out. My dad's a big wrestling guy, so yeah. he, he still keeps up with it. Who was your guy? Who was your favorite uh, wrestler back in the day? Stone Cold. 100%. Stone Cold. Yeah, he was like my guy. Like I love yeah. Stone. I was really big into Stone Cold. I like, you know, I feel like everyone liked The Rock. I feel like if you didn't go to your friends and go, it doesn't matter what you're like, you just like knock shit out of your friend's yeah. house, like uh, yeah. hands or whatever. Like everyone did that as a kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, The Rock. Dude. 
Stone Cold, Mankind. Oh yeah, yeah big yeah, yeah. McFoley, yeah, Mankind. Because he was I a can nut strike job. Me as a McFoley guy. He's, he was Mr. nuts, yeah. bro. Oh man, he was. He jumped off Sock the, the top of the, the yeah. cage onto yeah. nails and yeah. shit. He, he was, was freaky. He, he, was he was out freaky. of his mind. <laughs> he was freaky. Shout out to Mankind. You strike me as like X Pac. You remind me of X Pac. I'm looking. Anybody ever told you that? The X was the shit, man. You ever walk around doing that to people growing up? Yeah, yeah. Everyone did that shit. Yeah, because you might get you might get bruised. Seriously hurt doing that, Yonkers, man. <laughs> um, few uh, plans. Any events coming up? It's, you said you know you are uh, putting on music shows. Yeah, you're dealing with a lot of breweries. Um, yeah, what's next for Nine One Four Collective? So I haven't said this out loud to anyone really Ooh, yet, yeah. but Exclusive. I'm launching an app. That I think is going to be like pretty cool and useful for the local people. Definitely. Um, so that'll be on the horizon, hopefully pretty soon. Uh, Can we elaborate a little bit on the app? Or yeah, it's going to be like uh it's going to be like the the groups part of Facebook. You know, like if you go yeah, on yeah, Facebook, definitely. like yeah, you get yeah. to join groups that you like that are talking about things that you like. Yeah. It's kind of like that part of Facebook, uh, more centralized to here. So your feed will be, you can join the groups you want to join. There'll be a music group, a food group, mm. uh, you know, Westchester related, like a way, oh, wow. uh, an event. Uh, uh, so if you're like, yo, what can I do tonight? You could open up the app and you could see which food you're going to eat. You can go see what people, but everybody will have the ability to post in it. And like, you're going to make an account and you'll be able to post and, and, and uh, talk to people and, and kind of. You know, say you have, there maybe there's a creative group and there would be podcasters and you can find guests for your podcast Jeez. through the app. Um, wow. I so I'm, I'm building that and it's going to hopefully be, it's pretty done. So I, I think it'll be out soon. You um, got a name for it? I think it's going to be called 914 Collective. Like the just phone app version of it. Because it really is the collective of people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a community. It's, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, going to be like taking the online community and like giving it a centralized location. That's uh, amazing. So it'll be that soon, and then um, also, yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm I'm building a stage. I was building a stage all day today. So really? uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, music is coming soon. I don't have anything like totally announced or on the books yet, but yeah. definitely keep an eye out. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break from today's show and talk about some beef jerky. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, man. Uh, looking for a nice, healthy snack packed with protein. <gasps> Get you uh, uh, uh some 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 car some packages of this. Uh, we got uh the truffalo bill. I didn't try this one yet, but it says uh, a potent pioneer of American flavor frontier. Wow, that sounds scary. Righteous felon. I don't even know if one of those exists, but uh, according to the package, it does. Uh, we have the bourbon Franklin, uh, an American dream of bourbon and vanilla bean. Ooh, a little sweet, huh? <laughs> Check out the OG Hickory Beef Stick. Savory and smoky beef stick. Hey, ladies, relax. I'm reading the flavor off a song. Don't melt on camera, man. This, this ain't, this ain't uh, 50 Shades of Grey. We got, uh, y'all know about this already, the teriyaki bell bowl. This is actually my favorite one for obvious reasons. Bull, y'all know my history with the bull. And y'all know my history with the boxing gloves. But uh, tingy teriyaki with a punch of pepper. And then finally, we have the lemon pepper and citrus basil beef stick. Hey, get your beef sticks. And they even got merch now too, man. Look, check them out. The good teriyaki Balboa. It has uh, this nice jail scripture on the back. Maybe I'll read it to you one day. Uh, you know, I'm off probation, so. Hats, 
I would try it on, but I got a funny shaped head. You're not about to be on here grinding me up. Uh, righteous felon hats. Y'all might make me uh, my file that's expunged. It might it, it, it might not be expunged if, if I put the hat on. Uh, different colors. Uh, you can reach them at www.righteousfelon.com. And over here at Nothing's Normal, we are under the Polymath Network. So luckily for you, you know us, you get a discount. Use promo code POLY. 15. www.righteousfelon.com. Promo code poly15. Final words. Yep. Nothing's normal. When you hear those two words, nothing's normal, what do you think? What would be your definition of nothing's normal? Hmm. It's a good question. Nothing's normal. I think that, uh, I think that we, I, I kind of said it before, like we all kind of live in our, in our head mm-hmm. as like our own main character. Right. And, uh, and uh, I think that the idea of like nothing's normal, like you were, you were talking about before, like how do, you, uh, how do you put yourself out there? I think that the idea of that isn't normal. Like the idea of like even like what we're doing right now, like sitting down and recording us talking, like, it's not really like a normal. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> like, like, yeah but, that's but true. It, but it, it could be helpful to somebody who watches, right? Absolutely. So like, um, I think the idea of nothing's normal it, to me. It, it just says like, take risks and like, do the thing you want to do, even though you think it might be tough or not yeah. normal or yeah. hard or do it. Just go for it. Just do it. Yeah. Just start. Whatever yeah. it is, just just start doing it. That's amazing. You, there's no there's no time better than like today to start. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. no analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Just go. <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. That's dope. Final question. Yep. Uh who are some of your dream like interviews, like people you would love to meet or create content with? Like who are some of your you know, your content creator goals or people you wouldn't mind doing things with? That's tough because there's like a name them. You got There's, time. All right. All Battery's right. charged, right? You good? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're on, like, the music side of things, uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters used to be in Nirvana. He's like, that would be, that's, like, idol for me. For sure. Plays every instrument, writes songs, played in two massively successful bands. Uh, so, yeah, Dave Grohl would be, is, a, is a goal musician to collaborate with. I don't for know sure. if that'll ever happen in my life. I did get to meet him once. Really? The Foo Fighters played a show in Yonkers. It, they did a contest. Where they like, it was like a hundred thousand people in the tri-state area entered, and my buddy's dad won, and they played in his garage Gee, to, to fifty people. It was nuts, wow. but uh, yeah, he's he's like goals because he seems like he's a rock star, but he still just seems like a normal guy, yeah. and that's really cool Very to grounded. me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, him, and then all right, here's an obtainable one potentially, and if and if he sees this, if this gets posted and he sees yeah. this, I want to talk to him. He followed me on the 914 Collective on TikTok, talking about old school MTV, Andy Milanakis. Yo, <laughs> I love Andy Milanakis. He's from Mount Kisco. And he, he followed me and he, I've messaged him. I've talked to him a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have him be one of my 914 yeah. people. Yeah, look at him. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy for the Andy. Yeah, Andy, yeah, would Andy would be sick. Andy would be sick. Andy was dope. Yeah, Andy would be sick. That would be dope. So, uh, yeah. Just because I'm thinking of like, you guys who, would explore. Who, who's in 914, yeah. like in that like realm, and who could I talk to? And uh, wow, yeah, I he, knew that. he wow. knows about it already. So yeah. maybe maybe one day I'll get him on, and we'll yeah. I'll, I'll interview Andy Milnakis. 
Your style's real. Like, I, like you, you give me the, you know, the Aston Kutcher. You are, you are a personality. Like, I feel like I could have <laughs> just saw you on Punk or just one of those real world, any one of those early MTV shows. You fit like the MTV bill, and I love it. Even VH1, it, which is a sign because I was a huge supporter of those channels. So you give me that feel, and... Uh, yeah, over Thanks, here, nothing's man. normal, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, of course, man. Final thoughts, man. 914 Collective, man. Fucking start. Yeah. Start. Start. Get started, bro. That's it. That's it. Just take action. Do what you want to do. Yo. This was dope, man. 914 Collective, nothing's normal, brother. I'm in. In the words of Stone Cold, brother. <laughs> <laughs>